0: Hello and welcome to South First. I'm Shilpa Nayar and joining me today is Dr. Pallinvel Thyagarajan, Tamil Nadu's finance minister, one of the dynamic ministers in the DMK government and he's very very unapologetic about uh, the opinions that he holds, and very unsparing in his retorts uh, both to the opposition parties and even social media trolls. So many thanks for speaking to us.
1: Thanks. Thanks for inviting
0: me. I want to begin this interview with a very important question. I think this is the question that a lot of people want to know the answer for. Did the Cinderella finally get her sandals back?
1: No, unfortunately, in fact, uh, she was absconding for a couple of days. And then I heard she was arrested along with two other people uh, a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday before, I can't tell. But uh, I was advised by a uh, lawyer, a senior lawyer in our party, uh, uh, sub MP, that it needs to be handed over to the police station as evidence. So after holding it for 48 hours and getting nobody mm-hmm. to uh, claim it, we handed it into the police station.
0: So now if she wants it, she can go to the police station and get it.
1: Yeah, now I guess it's evidence in the case. So <laughs> she'll have to get it through the system.
0: But jokes aside, so. What are your thoughts on that incident? Because this is the first time that you're facing something like this, you know, <clears throat> you were being hurled at your car. Uh, uh, though you put out that very funny tweet, uh, what are your thoughts on what exactly happened in Madurai that day?
1: Look, I think, uh, you know, I've explained it before. Really, all I said was that by protocol, there is no status here for party people. I said that to the local district president. He told me, no, it's okay. It's not about me. It's about my state leader. He's coming. I said, it doesn't matter if it's state or district. Party post is still a party post. Bring me an elected person who's a councillor or a MLA or a MP or something. They can join the protocol. Strictly speaking, it's only a government function, right? Mm. But we are inclusive as was the previous government. And, you know, in the Previdian culture, this kind of... Uh, uncouth behavior normally doesn't take part. We have great enmity between the ADMK and DMK politically. You have not seen this kind of atrocious uh, behavior. I think the BJP brings a new law, and especially under this state president, who's a very uncouth human being. uh, It brings a new law. So you saw what happened. Eventually, I was right because the protocol, as long as it was followed, it was done very uh, in a dignified way. And then you saw this publicity hound with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, acolytes and like 20 cameras come and take a picture there, right? So this, this problem started because there was individuals trying to gain publicity out of a martyr's death. And this is just uncouth behavior, but far for the coast, at least for the Tamil Nadu BJP, at least under this president.
0: And so speaking about another important issue and another important debate that, of, that is of course taking place across the country it's about freebies. Suddenly we are hearing the union government talking about it. The Supreme Court is hearing a case. Uh, you know, They're talking about irrational freebies. And you are someone who's uh, categorically said that it's very problematic to compare welfare schemes or rather term welfare schemes as freebies. What do you make of what is happening in the Supreme Court, the observations by the Supreme Court as far as this case is concerned? <coughs>
1: It's quite depressing as a citizen, actually, right? Here is a court that has got so much backlog of work. Here is a court that has not yet taken up whether demonetization was global or legitimate or uh, not. I've still asked the question, under what law did the RBI say that some individual could be restricted on how much money they take out of their own account? Under what law or what statute did the RBI say that the same note would be acceptable in petrol banks but not in milk or vegetables? You know, so profound issues, electoral bonds 370, profound issues. The Supreme Court has not had the chance to even have a hearing. They're so busy. And then, as far as I'm concerned, this is a debate inanity. It's a debate with no meaningful value, because nowhere in the Constitution is the Supreme Court appointed as the guardian of the people's money, of all that is right and proper. You know, there is a role in the Constitution. Elected officials are supposed to make decisions on how the public's money is spent using the legislature, the parliament, the state legislature. I don't understand where the Supreme Court comes into this. And uh, it is kind of beyond hypocritical for this Prime Minister, but that's the norm for him, to make these kinds of statements, considering he was the one who flew down from Delhi to Chennai to kick off the 25,000 rupees per scooter scheme of the old ADMK government, which we have stopped. So, you know, whatever... The, the the characteristic of this Prime Minister is that if he does something, it must be the greatest thing in the world and we must all bow down in humility to it. And if anybody else does it, then it must be wrong because they're doing it. So, you know, it, it's the ultimate hypocrisy. It's not about the fact or the action or the law or the concept. It's about the human being. And everything he does is right and everything everybody else has done does is wrong. So it's not even a debate worth having. It's It's basically a you know, uh, uh, exercise in futility. It's it's an inane debate.
0: But keeping the Supreme Court aside, sir, even the Union government, uh, you know, <coughs> multiple times, the Prime Minister he's been speaking about, or rather asking the states to shun the freebie culture. He calls it revdi culture. And even Union uh, uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Jay Shankar during one of the all-party meetings on the Sri Lankan crisis. He again emphasized that states should shun this culture of freebies. Why do you think suddenly the union government is repeatedly talking about the freebie culture?
1: I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I would say that by any stretch of imagination, I'm a far better money manager and a fiscal manager than, uh, uh, you know, union uh, external affairs minister Jay Shankar. I'm willing to challenge him on it. Uh, I don't know what he studied or what he practiced, but I guarantee that I know better finance than I have forgotten more finance than he knows. So I don't understand on what basis he gets to decide. It's not his portfolio. So either there must be some constitutional position, in which case, explain the constitution to us and we'll adapt and follow. Or there must be some track record that you have somehow got a superior uh, you know, experience or execution. Or at the very least, there must be not hypocrisy. I just finished an, an interview with NDTV a few minutes back where the anchor pointed out that the union government has given so many freebies and that's the basis on which they get the hindi belt vote, right? So as I go back to saying, just because a debate is taken up at the Supreme Court of the union government, inanity is still inanity, meaninglessness is still meaninglessness, doesn't make it meaningful. If you know meaningless words come out of the Supreme Court, it's still meaningless. Doesn't mean that we have to all stand up and start talking about meaningless stuff.
0: And in fact, the DMK in its complete petition uh, had mentioned about how, uh, you know, the tax holiday is given to corporates or the loan waivers given by the union government to the big uh, conglomerates. All of that should also be looked into, you know, even that can constitute as a freebie.
1: Actually, the debate on so-called freebies was held by meaningful, thoughtful people with the Finance Commission already. A few years ago, you may remember that the 15th Finance Commission's terms of reference included something about, uh, you know, enabling or establishing mes- measures to uh, penalize the uh, the profligation of, of the uh, excessive populist measures. At the time, we asked meaningful, thoughtful people like Mr. N. K. Singh, who knows what he's talking, and people like me asked, how do we go about defining what is populist? How do you decide what is impactful? What is the track record in the world? That was a reasonably meaningful discussion. This discussion is inane. I keep saying it's a farce. I'm not, you know, you may get exercised by it. I have better things to do with my time than participate in this farce. So I'm not going to get involved.
0: But how do states strike a balance uh, between implementing these welfare schemes and also making <coughs> sure that it doesn't adversely affect the fiscal health?
1: Look, uh, that's a, you know, independent of this nonsense debate, that's a good question. That question we struggle with every day, right? Uh, we find uh, uh, the guidelines already, FRBM FRPM and equivalent cool tax states, which we must have zero revenue deficit. So since all the spending on these social welfare schemes must come out of the revenue account, by and large. Then by the fact that you can't have a revenue deficit, you're already constraining the extent to which that can be spent. Then you say that you have to have a fiscal deficit no greater than uh, some other number. And usually the fiscal deficit is purely for borrowing for capital investment and those kinds of investments that should lead to growth. Of course, there are a hundred nuances to this. Not all capital investments give equal growth. Uh, there are ways to hide say, you know, capital spending as revenue and revenue spending as capital, etc. The union government is the number one trickster in how they do this. Uh, and of all the people, the only ones who don't have any constraint whatsoever in how much money they spend is the union government because when they amend their FRBM Act in Parliament, there is no second authority to second guess that. Uh, state governments... For the state governments, no matter whether we offend, uh, amend our equivalent acts or not, at the end of the day, the union government still controls how we spend money and how much we borrow because they have this section in the Constitution they call 293.3, where based on the 293.3, they say <coughs> that you can't borrow without uh, approval from us. It's really the equivalent of a first lien. It says that as long as you owe the union government money, you can't borrow without taking their approval first. So they they use that backdoor clause to constrain how much money you can borrow. And so in every way, the union government already controls the states uh, aggressively. I would say beyond anything the founding fathers envisioned, especially this union government. So for them to now come and start to put additional constraints, it's like people who don't know how to do their jobs are worried that other people are doing a good job and they want to make them also look as bad. So, they're trying to constrain or tie their hands. That's really the only way to interpret.
0: And so, moving on to another issue, uh, there was this massive war of words between the DMK and Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaram in the parliament. Uh, The discussion was about price rise, the GST, the imposition of 5% GST on essential food items, etc. And uh, the Finance Minister, of course, took on the DMK saying that the DMK has failed to, uh, you know, deliver on its election promises, etc., And responding to those uh, criticisms or responding to those allegations, you had put out a series of videos and in that video, what caught my attention was that you call the union government a colonizer. Why do you think the union government today is a colonizer?
1: It's very simple, right? Uh, They want to have hundred percent control of all the money. They increase the cesses and surcharges. They reduce the money given to the states. What money they do give to the states. They only tie it to their schemes and they do the sliding scales, you know, sleight of hand, where they say first year it's 80% union, 20% state. Second year it's 50-50, third year it's 20-80, fourth year you do 100% of it, but you still got to call it prime minister something. So they want to take 100% control of the money and they want to use every backdoor way of uh, making the states dependent on them. And they don't like independent decision-making. They start legislating into the subjects that are listed in the Constitution as state subjects. One thing, concurrent itself, they were were breaching the grounds. Education, for example, it's uh, clearly accepted that school education is the state prerogative. Maybe in higher education, the union gets, because in the concurrent list, it was moved in the 42nd Amendment. that itself we oppose. We really want it back on the state list. But if you look anywhere else in the world, and we're not living in a vacuum, right? We live in a global kind of market now. If you look anywhere else in the world, already our constitution is excessively kind of concentration of powers in the, the union government. Uh, most big countries and certainly most advanced countries have much more uh, devolution of powers down to the states, down to the districts, down to the cities and panchayats. On top of this aggressive concentration of powers, the, there's uh, you know kind of... Uh, exponential authoritarian grab from legislation to money to uh, borrowing limits. i give you an example. No other government, I think, in the history of India has ever enforced the 293 clause. This government does it. So effectively, it comes down to this you know, uh, colonial approach that somehow Delhi knows everything. Delhi sees everything. Delhi controls everything. Delhi is the source of All that is great and good and all the states are basically kind of, uh, you know, implementation agencies at best. Uh, But of course, the money goes from the states. So that's the last aspect of colonialism that I want to point out that they take our money to tell us how to live. So Mm. then if it's not colonialism, I don't know what it is.
0: You know, even though you call the union government a colonizer, speculations are flying, especially on social media platforms saying that the DMK is uh, moving closer to the BJP. Uh, and this, of course, started with the chess Olympiad, where the chief minister and prime minister shared a bond homie on the stage and all of that. You know, the chief minister attending their governor's uh, reception, etc. And yesterday, of course, uh, Chief Minister M.K. Stalin made it clear that DMK and BJP, they have no connection whatsoever in terms of ideology and they'll not make any slightest compromise in terms of ideology with the BJP. But I'm just curious to know from you, is there a possibility? Because this is something, you know, that's doing rounds on social media. Everyone's discussing every move of the DMK is now analysed and saying, oh, they're moving closer to the BJP. So uh, just curious to know, what is your take on this uh, entire speculations that, that are doing the rounds?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, first of all, I'm not in any position to comment on the parties. Uh, political kind of perspective because I'm a minister in the government. I can speak on behalf of the government or on particularly my ministry. But I'm not in any party post. I used to be the head of the IT wing. I founded it uh, at the CM's request, the party president's request. I created it, but I resigned because of the government workload. So I I don't have any standing to comment on the party's political perspective. So I'll avoid that. I will say that... uh, in general, our culture and our politics have always been civilized, right? Is that when somebody comes as your guest officially, then you have to behave in an appropriate manner. So I, I, I wouldn't read too much into uh, kind of incidental behavior. Uh, whoever comes as my guest to my house, uh, I treat them well. Right? I don't, uh, whether they're political enemies or political partners, it's a different story. So I, I, I wouldn't read too much uh, from one or two events. It's the nature of our behavior. It's it's an aspect of our culture. But politically, I don't know. I mean, I, I take the chief minister at his word. If he says there's not, then there's not. That's all. I'm not sure there's anything worth discussing. <laughs>